Welcome, everyone, to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast, our special post-AEW Dynamite edition here on Wednesdays. I am Raj Geary, and I'm joined by the New York City Demon Diva, Issa. Issa, how are Hello. you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about tonight's episode. Absolutely. And, and me and Jimmy, twice in one week, former WWE referee extraordinaire, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you tonight? Uh, uh, I'm wonderful. Uh, I, I'm... We'll talk about the show tonight, but yes, uh, uh, I am doing very well. <laughs> right. I am filling in for Justin tonight. He will be back mm-hmm. next week. So three times this week I'm doing the podcast. They're working me like a dog here wow. on this 25th anniversary. <laughs> I'm Happy anniversary, like by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank that you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so uh, we had AE Dynamite tonight, but before we get into that, let's get into some of the news. Um First off, Tony Khan uh, confirming that they will be going back to Arthur Ashe Stadium this year and that it's going to be a yearly event. So, yeah. So uh, Arthur Ashe is going to be one of the a, a regular show going forward each year. Uh, Issa, you were, you were at the last one, right? I was. And it was uh, wrestling-wise, it was a lot of fun. I, I talked a little bit about it on my stream earlier. I just hope that Arthur Ashe... Now that they know what to expect, maybe get set together a little bit. Last year, we did have a lot of the concession stands were closed, which caused for humongous lines just to get a bottle of water. So I'm hoping that maybe that aspect of the show goes a little bit better now that because I don't think they knew what to expect. Now that we don't want, maybe they can improve on that. But I'm very happy to hear that because it was such a different setting and such a fun show that it, it just it's, it's exciting to watch wrestling, wrestling in a different kind of venue. And, and I thought that was actually pretty special yeah absolutely jimmy yeah i i love the idea and not not only because you know it's an annual stop in a nice venue it's it's the perception is reality kind of thing because sometimes as you know those who are not wrestling fans like us uh sometimes they they don't they view wrestling you know out of the side of their eye a little bit but it taking place in a in a place like arthur ash stadium i think might get some people to go hey Maybe there is something to this. I mean, obviously, the hardcore diehard fans will be there. And, uh, you know, and I'll be tuning in as well. But y- the idea is to try and attract more fans. And by having it in a place like Arthur Ashe Stadium, I think tells people, hey, maybe there is something to this. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> it, it definitely gives it a big league field, a, a big, uh, big league feel. And so um, I'm, I'm surprised AEW hasn't tried to do like a like a baseball stadium yet like a 30 40,000 mm. foot you know seater yet. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think they will eventually get there but uh, I I like that they're taking their time. Um like I said their audience, their hardcore audience is there. They're backing them, they're stable, they're pretty consistent. Now the goal is to grow that audience to where you can run those those types of venues. Yeah. I'm also yeah. surprised they haven't tried New York for a pay-per-view. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I I also think like uh, if they decide to move towards six, I almost feel like four isn't enough. I know some people love that they do four. I, you know, I, I'm not saying they do twelve, but if you do six, it, you don't have as long between shows. You don't, and so right. when a feud like Wardlow and MJF starts at at one pay per view, you don't have to drag it out a little extra longer. You know, uh, between shows, so. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe they will move it to six and have a, a West Coast and a New York show in there. I'd, I'd like to see it. Me too. Me too. Uh, some uh, some business news. Brett Weitz is out as the TBS and TNT general manager. Uh, according to Deadline, uh, he has exited the company. Uh, he had taken over uh, in, in January 2019 when David Zaslav took over Warner Brothers this, uh, they had appointed Whites to his now former role of general manager of TBS, TNT, and True TV. And, you know, as, as with when the Discovery Warner Media merger happened, we expected uh, a lot of big changes, big cuts. We don't know what this means, if anything, for AEW. It, it might not mean anything at all. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Riley, who helped get AEW on to Turner, uh, he was, he was gone a while ago and, uh, Brett White's was another ally of AEW and, and he's gone. But again, doesn't mean anything yet. Who knows? Um, Jimmy, you've seen, uh, you know, changes in wrestling and, and, and TV stations and channels and, and promotions switching networks. Uh, when you see stories like this, does it, does it mean anything to you or 
is it kind of a wait and see approach? Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, it's more of a wait and see approach because you don't know how the uh, the new person taking charge. I believe her name is uh, Kathleen. What's her name? Um, oh, I, I, the name escapes me. Anyways, um, I don't know what her uh, how her feelings are towards the professional wrestling business, sports entertainment, whatever you want to refer to it as. But at the end of the day, they are in the entertainment business and it's all about bringing the numbers in and bringing advertisers and generating revenue. And right now, AEW is doing a good job of being consistent with their, like I said, with their audience before and they're drawing numbers that they like and they're enjoying. So as long as they can keep doing that, they should be okay Again, I'd like to see them grow their numbers, though, and that would help them even more. And you never know. You might get some more um, programming. Uh, I know there's a plenty of programming on television right now across the board. But at the same time, uh, uh, so, even though less is more, more is also more. Yeah. Isa? Yeah, I think this is a wait and see approach. But to Jimmy's point, I feel like maybe if they start growing an audience and building numbers that they really like, maybe they'll get, I don't know about more necessarily, but maybe more of a priority because right now the whole situation with Rampage, it feels like Rampage is so all over the place because it's definitely not a priority mm -hmm. for the network. There are other sports and other things that are clearly drawing more. So they're kind of like throwing Rampage all over the place to doing better numbers that wouldn't be the case that we'll figure out a way to keep it at the same time you know so maybe maybe if we can build an audience and, and grow the numbers they can at least get a little bit of higher in the priority list of what shows is going to air at what time yeah my only concern if, if, with aew uh with with all this news is discovery is in cutting mode and if they're looking for a rights increase or a significant rights increase the timing might not be right maybe it will be maybe they're looking at they're getting rid of scripted programming if, and if they don't consider wrestling scripted programming because it's in that weird genre where it's not sports it's not scripted programming it's not a reality show it's kind of its own thing and different people can consider it different things but um they consider that more sport and more of right. what they want to push their money mm -hmm. towards then it could be very good for AEW. uh mm -hmm. if they're looking to cut back and, and to pay more for the NBA and the NHL because those rights are going to be coming up as well. And those are going to be even more expensive. Mm. Uh, there's okay. just so many unknowns. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time, but there are also so many more options now with streaming yeah. and, and the fact that they do such good numbers on Wednesday nights that um, you would think that there'll be other, other suitors out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. People, the people, trust me, other networks are paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um okay, we'll get some some chats on here i want to say uh thank you Corey. who's saying definitely a trooper we appreciate you i'm feeling much better so thank you very much uh night one saying my favorite smackdown ref back again on wednesday oh thank you night one very much appreciated i i wonder if night one loved those uh, as much as i did the the blue smackdown ref referee shirts uh, for I some did. reason for some reason i i i still have a bunch downstairs and, and people are like hey would you be wearing no there's something <laughs> about this i just want to keep them yeah <laughs> nice thanks miss babs in our in our twitch saying hello y'all checking in from st louis hope you guys are doing well thank you thank and yeah you. if you haven't subscribed to our twitch go to twitch.tv slash wrestling inc mm -hmm. And uh, we're on there, and we're hoping to do some uh, some special stuff on there as well. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Isaac uh, Shankman saying, hey, Raj, was Kota Ibushi just fired by New Japan Pro Wrestling? I'm sorry. I have not heard that. Um, wow. I can send a couple texts real quick. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, I haven't. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. But I saw a couple of things on the news about it, not necessarily fire. I just saw there was a little bit of a back and forth earlier today. Mm -hmm. I think um, Nick talked about it on the Wink Daily today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Between Cody Ibushi and some higher ups. But right. Right. Yeah. Um, Michael Martinez with the 499 Super Chat saying, barely been watching AEW for about one year now. I enjoy their matches. What matches would you recommend to go back and watch? Also, what does DDT stand for? Uh, DDT. Wow. I, I wish I could remember <laughs> too many ref bumps over the years. Um, <laughs> well, oh, it, it's based on the pesticide, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, 
the, I'm the stuff like it. the old uh, spray, you know. Right. So yeah. that would be uh, dichloro dif diphenyl trichloride. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, I can't even try to pronounce that. So <laughs> as, as as for what matches to go back and watch, uh, take your pick. There's a, there's a, a smorgasbord of matches you can go back and and really enjoy. Yeah, if you like the uh, acrobatic stuff, obviously there's Kenny and and, and uh, is it Kenny and the the Young Bucks against Adam Page and who am I forgetting here? Oh. Um, oh, someone in the chat yeah. will help me. Hmm. Uh, I'm still not a hundred percent. So, uh, and then also um, one of my favorites was Cody against Dustin. It wasn't hmm. no acrobatics. It, it was just a straight up storytelling old school match and 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 I mm. loved it. It was one of their first papers. Oh games. yes. Yeah. Most uh, of my favorites have been going on for the last year. So mm -hmm. <laughs> he's probably watched all the ones that I would recommend. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh finally there was a report out from Fightful that uh the reason why we haven't seen Cesaro much is because his asking price is too high and he's yeah. been priced out of some potential bookings. And he's represented by an agent who also manages other wrestlers, including Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. And some of these wrestlers are intentionally asking a high asking price because they're staying at home, uh, being content until the right deal or offer comes around. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, Cesaro hanging back and I can't blame him. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't blame him either. I mean, here's a guy, we all know about his talents. He is so, so good. And at any company would be better off having them on their, on their roster than, than not. So, uh, you know, for him to maybe just stick around and wait, that maybe that's the reasoning for his uh, large pay or just uh, because he wants to take it easy. Because right. like before the, before the pandemic, I know what that schedule was like, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, getting away from it and taking a little break for several months is is a good recharging of the batteries. Mm -hmm. And then just I guess the real yeah. The real news report here is how bad is this agent as his work that you have freaking Bray Wyatt and Cesaro and you can't get them what they want? Two of the most talented, probably biggest free agents out there. Maybe we should talk about switching agents. They should be able to get what they're asking for. Well, um, I, I do got to say, maybe they're purposely trying not to take a lot of these indie dates because you don't want to risk the chance of getting injured and missing a, a big money deal. I don't know. I'm just right. speculating, but uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them in, in the dates. Like I will right. definitely in that particular case, we'll sit out onto a good contract with mm -hmm. one of the bigger companies comes along. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So moving on to tonight's dynamite. Um, I would guess that this is going to be one of the lower rated shows of the year, but I thought it was one of the better shows. So I thought mm -hmm. uh, it was from top to bottom, I thought it was a really solid show and just super fun. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, go no, first. sorry. I no that you know kicking it off hot with that Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood match, and and you know um, I tend to uh, uh, rant a little bit about you know I like the traditional heel versus babyface in this match. It was not really that, but at the same time. They had one heck of a match that was so entertaining, and especially to that audience, that hardcore wrestling audience who just watched that match and said, you know what? They had one heck. I don't rate matches stars or anything. It's just like, man, I really enjoyed it. I thought they told a heck of a story. Both guys did their job incredibly well and a great way to kick off uh, the tournament as well, the Own Heart Foundation tournament. Isa? Yes, I I was taking a look at the preview for Dynamite, and I and I couldn't help but to see these matches. You know, you have Adam Cole and Dax, and then you had Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen. I was like, the thing I love about AW right now is that there's something for every kind of wrestling fan, and I knew mm -hmm. what we were getting into with this Adam Cole and Dax match, and and they delivered. Um, it, it started the tournament hot, it started the show hot. I thought there was a couple of really good spots, a couple of really good counters. Um, if I'm nitpicking, I did think that at some points, um, Dax was looking very tired i was like what is going on here you know but can you blame them i mean they were really going at it but overall what, what a strong start of the show and 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 
the I, I feel like the right person advance here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see, we'll see where he ends in the tournament, but I did think Adam Cole was going to be the winner, but he didn't take away from the match being incredible. Yeah, I, I agreed. I thought this match was I thought this match was great. Um, they did show Martha Hart at the beginning, um, mm-hmm. which was super cool. I, I, yes. I personally could not remember ever seeing her uh, shown on camera, even, you know, in WWE, uh, you know, for Owens matches. I, someone mm-hmm. had mentioned that they might have done it at the 1993 Survivor Series, but I could remember mm-hmm. that. But regardless, it was cool. Great. Amazing seeing her. Uh you know, and 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 the Hart family was you know backstage, uh, Oge and, and Athena. So it was you know it's really cool to see that Adam Cole winning with the sharpshooter. I thought that was a nice touch. My yes. one nitpick, mm. and this happens a lot in, in wrestling matches, is when the person's outside the ring and they're dying and they're like oh, you know, and the referee's doing the count, and then it's eight and they're just like dead on the ground. Then nine and jump, oh, they were, I jump up and run in. You know, mm-hmm. like some, you were just dead a second ago. Right. Uh, either you're playing possum, and if you are, you should make it a little more obvious. You know, just mm-hmm. to get that extra breath or you know right. that extra break. But if you're really hurting, and then as soon as you hear nine, you're all of a sudden okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That just bugs me. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I always mm-hmm. just thought that you should take a vanish and wait until the count gets almost to 10 just to get a rest, you know, just to get a yeah. break. But but they go, like Raj said, from dying to it doesn't look like you're just resting it out. It looks like you literally can't move. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That does kind of irks me a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, they, and especially in AEW where they do fight outside a lot for long periods of time. I did enjoy the fact that Adam Cole rolled in and broke the count and rolled back out to continue, you know, yeah. fighting right. outside because... Uh, that's my nitpicking that a lot of the, in a lot of their matches, not just the, that one, there's a lot of fighting outside the ring and it seems to take too long at times. Right. Uh, big thank you to Sophie Dofi for the super sticker. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. And stellar Justin Lopez noting that the basketball game was really good tonight. The rating is definitely going to take a hit. And I believe there's the NHL playoffs mm-hmm. tonight too. And- yes, there yeah. was as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- not my Leafs. They were last night. <laughs> and that did a number on NXT. NXT doing their lowest number mm-hmm. and their lowest rating in their regular time slot uh, yeah. in show history. So, wow. Uh, sports are definitely because sports are hotter than they've been. So uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely taking a, a hit on wrestling. Absolutely. But they could have they could have not tried, and that wasn't the case. They they still put on a solid show regardless of what the mm-hmm. ratings are going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they aired some videos of, of uh, Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen talking about their match tonight. Mm-hmm. And Darby revealed that he had asked for Tony Khan for the rules to be waived. So I like that they explained that because otherwise, yes. <laughs> why wouldn't that be? So I, I did like that they they uh, they did that. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. CM Punk versus John Silver out mm. uh, up next. Uh, CM Punk full heel mode, it, being in Long Island. Being in Long Island, it's like how what Bret Hart was in in, yeah. in the U.S. When, <laughs> in '97, uh, where MJF is cheered in Long Island and booed everywhere else. But uh, CM Punk uh, just taking it in stride, knew he was going to be booed, so he came out with. You can explain this better, Jimmy. So, a, a guy's hockey outfit that was an Islander and then went <laughs> to Toronto. Yes, uh, he came out with the with the New York Islanders. Uh, uh, as they call them in hockey, sweater. It's a sweater. It's not a jersey. In hockey, it's called a sweater. But uh, he's wearing the New York Islanders uh, colors. But then he turns around and he shows the the number 91 of John Tavares, who left the the New York Islanders to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they, you talk about heel heat on a hockey player. That brought heel heat every time the Toronto Maple Leafs went to back to play in Long Island against the, uh, the Islanders and uh, man, he would hear it from the crowd. So, and good on CM Punk for being a smart uh, heel in this uh, situation, but also he's a, he's a big hockey fan. So he understands that the, that would get a lot of heel heat there. Someone should explain this to the announcers. Cause I think most people watching at home uh, have no idea what's going on. They're like, Hey, Punk is wearing their Jersey. Why are they booing him? Yeah, because because they felt abandoned by their captain. He was their captain. Sure, but unless you knew that this this guy yeah. left the Islanders, you know, yeah. it looks like Punk's wearing an Islanders jersey. 
Yeah. I was booing him from the second he walked out with it because you're from Chicago. Why are you, how dare you put on anything? Like before I even knew what it was, I was like, take that off. This is not your city. You have no rights mm -hmm. to wear this. So in my opinion, even if you're at home and have no clue about hockey, but that comes to me as a New York person, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, what is this Chicago dude doing wearing our sweater? Which I learned something new. Thank you so much, Jimmy, because I mm -hmm. called it a jersey earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, I went to a hockey game for the first time like seven years ago and I'm like waiting for halftime and, and I thought it was in quarters and it's not. It's like thirds, three, right? It's period. three periods. Yep, yeah, three periods of 20 minutes each. And when do you and there's so there's like two quarter third times, I guess. Right. Like when you when you have a break. Yeah, there's a yeah, it's a it's a 15 minute intermission, as they call it. In between the three, the, the period one and two, there's one, and between two and three. And if it does happen to go to overtime, there is no intermission; it goes straight to overtime. Okay, yeah. Unless it's playoffs, because in playoffs they play until somebody scores, so they do have that that break. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, someone should explain the announcers, or yeah. Punk should have told them, you know, smartened them up beforehand to, mm -hmm. hey, this is what I'm doing. But regardless, it was a great promo. Uh, CM Punk versus. Uh, John Silver. It was kind of what you would expect it to be. Hangman Page at ringside. Uh, short, fun match. Um, but Punk looks at Hangman Page, uses the buckshot lariat to get the win. CM Punk beats John Silver. Um, mm -hmm. Real quick thoughts on the match, and then I'll get into the post-match. No, I, th I, th like, I thought the match was what it needed to be. And, uh, and Punk being in full heel mode was just shows you that he could turn that switch off on and off just like that. And <coughs> Issa? Yeah, I thought that CM Punk did a great job here. The match exactly what needed to be. Love seeing John Silver. Love seeing all the Long Island people out there. Mm -hmm. I really, really have so much respect for AEW, letting people get their hometown uh, love, whether they're heels, whether they're baby faces. They recognize how they're going to be reacted to and they embrace it. I wish WWE did that more often because mm -hmm. it's just such a feel-good moment for everyone. You knew John Silver was going to lose here, but at least to see him wrestling for his home crowd was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. So appreciated the finisher by CM Punk. Again, this whole the, the mental tactics that CM Punk plays are mm -hmm. always just fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, real quick, some messages from our Facebook account where you can stream and watch us live on Facebook. Uh, Bit Milligan saying, "Good evening, guys. Dynamite was awesome tonight. It was. It was. It was entertaining. It was uh, a lot of fun." And he's adding, uh, "I'm not really a hockey fan," and Chris Aldridge <laughs> just chimes in, says, "Me neither." Yeah. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have words with Jimmy here. Uh oh. Hey. <laughs> I, I under, well, I I born and raised in Canada. What can I tell you? It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's in it's it's in our DNA. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I understand that. I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico. If I don't like baseball, I get kicked out of the family. So. <laughs> <laughs> so after the match, Hangman charged down to the ring, and Punk and Hangman got in mm -hmm. each other's face. Punk asked Paige if he was mad because he said last week he was making things personal. He said, uh, the fans don't like him. It's not personal to him. It's just business. He used to wake up every morning and ask himself if he's a good guy. Today, he asked himself if he's the champ. And his answer was yes. I, I'm talking about Paige. Uh, Punk said he just destroyed Paige's boy. And that was a blueprint. At no, double or nothing. He will shake his hand, whether he's conscious or not. Punk offered his hand. And Hangman Page flipped him off to end the segment. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was laughing more, at what's next. Sorry, go ahead. No, it just it, not much more to be said. I mean, it it it, it served its purpose. It, it's kind of uh, again being a little nitpicky when they get face to face like that. It's almost like, especially when they're leading up to. It, I know it's a little soon, but still, you almost want to see a little bit more oh, between the two. I'll say it. They're not doing Hangman Page any favors here. So yeah, uh, the way, yeah, the way that they're setting up this feud, it was just announced like, okay, a double or nothing Punk is going to take on him and Paige. And then just the, the flipping off response, it just feels so high schoolish. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure that they're doing Hangman Page any favors or making him look good. And I, I missed that baby face cutting those promos that he was cutting right before he took that title from Kenny Omega. I, I, I feel like that side of the character of Hangman Page he hasn't been showcased, showcased at all since he won this mm -hmm. belt. I think he's put on some amazing matches and he's beat some incredible people, but character-wise, he hasn't 
evolved as a champion. Mm. And CM Punk here made him look worse tonight. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he kind of feels like um, like Batman in the early Batman movies, the Tim Burton ones, where the villain's always more interesting. Mm. And he's kind of, yeah. you know, it's it's the villain you end up talking about, the villain that kind of steals the scenes and, and mm. is the one you're kind of talking about. And yeah. that's kind of what it feels like with at least the big hangman page feuds with like Danielson and uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam Cole. That's a, that's a real good analogy that, that that makes a helps people understand. Yes. That it's, (laughs) that it's much more than just your in-ring ability. You got to be able to connect with an audience with your character as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you think about it, we're going into a second pay-per-view now in which you have months to build up the storylines and the person going with the best feud is once again, MJF at revolution. It was NJ. It was all about MJF and CM Punk going into double or nothing. I'm more excited about MJF and Warlow than I am for Punk and Hangman page. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a marquee match. Don't get me wrong, but the storyline that I'm 1000% invested into going into this pay-per-view is Warlow and MJF. Um, Kenny Williams, uh, the Canadian two dollars uh, is what is that like a buck fifty? I'm I'm not sure what the exchange rate is right now. <laughs> He's asking, "Hi Jimmy, can we get a quick Owen Hart rib story?" Well, everybody knows the infamous uh, animals in Vince's office uh, story, but yeah, uh, that was actually just told uh, by <laughs> Matt Hardy again. Uh, yeah, it's. Tremendous! It, it was almost like an honor to get ribbed by Owen. He got me one time. A uh, little thing. We're at we were in a hotel. I, I wish I could remember where it was though. But the phone rings in my room, and all of a sudden it says, and "I said hello." And I said, "Yes, uh, Mr. Corderas." I said, "Yes." He said, "This is the front desk calling. Uh, we have an issue with your credit card. You have to come down to the front desk. It's two thirty in the morning." I said, "Can we kind of settle this in the morning? Because I'm check want be you know as I check out. No, this has to be taken care of right away." Uh, okay. So I'm, you know, I drag myself out of bed, put on some sweats. I run down to the front desk. I said, yeah, I'm here to talk to whoever called me. They said, who called you? I said, apparently you guys did the front desk. <laughs> About what? I say, saying my credit card wasn't, what's your name, sir? And then, uh, no, everything seems to be fine. <laughs> oh, okay. But, yeah. And then I found out the next day, you know, uh, in a subtle way that it was Owen. <laughs> did, did you find out by him or was it someone else? Uh, no, it was Owen. He says, you won't, he sees me and he's like, you won't believe what happened to me last night. I said, what's that? He said, someone called my room claiming that my credit card had been uh, tampered with and blah, blah, blah. I said, really? Somebody called your room? Oh, and he started laughing and I knew right away. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. No, he was, uh, like I said, it, it was almost like an honor to get ribbed by Owen. He, he prank called his dad one time, Stu, and was, mm-hmm. <laughs> was that, uh, yeah. I think uh, Brett told the story on, on Steve Austin's podcast where he was, he was acting like some other wrestlers. Like, I'm in the hotel lobby, and if you come down, I'll kick your ass. And Stu <laughs> came down all mad. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, I, I, I feel like you could do a, a, a light side of the ring of just Owen Hart rib stories. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Brett Murphy saying, screw the Islanders. Yes. Yankees will rule New York. Yes. Hey, Aaron Judge, now, damn it. <laughs> All right. None, none of that made any sense to me. So he's All a- right, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just beat my Blue Jays today, so I'm not happy. Of course. I could beat the Blue Jays, though. Sorry. <laughs> Blue Jays are baseball or hockey? <laughs> baseball. Oh, blasphemy. You know. I know that so- much. <laughs> All right. Up next, we had the highly anticipated in-ring debut of Dan Housen against Tony Nese. This, I think, this was the shortest match in Dynamite history. There was a Sunny Kiss Kenny Omega match that was really short too, but I think this beat it. Uh, Tony Nese flexed. Uh, Mark Sterling jumped on the ring apron to distract Dan Housen. Nese smashed Dan Housen in the corner. Followed it with a running knee strike. Got the win. Beat Dan Housen like thirty-five seconds. Um, but it was all about the post match. But real quick, Danhausen getting beat like a a chump. Uh, you know, I think I think it's clear he's there for uh, com- comic relief. But still beating him that fast right off the bat. What, what did you think? I'll go to you first, Isa. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 this will be my nitpick of the show. I could have done without this. I, I don't know that this does hook any favors. I don't know how we're supposed to take hook now, especially pairing him with 
job housing also he needs to figure out how to release these curses in less than 30 seconds apparently because mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like he was trying to curse him and then he came at him so i i i could have done without this i know it was to set up the the whole you know it was to set up an angle but i i didn't like it that was that was the one that was the one down that i have for tonight's episode yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this either. And you, you talked earlier about uh, AEW not doing uh, Hangman Page any any favors. I think they did none for for Danhausen in this one, or Jobhausen as Isa called it. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, and and yes, I do understand that it was to set up the angle that happened afterwards. And I got to tell you though, uh, I, for this audience, they might buy they might buy into it. And they may excuse it, but if you did this anywhere else with any other audience, right. it would get poo-pooed on like you wouldn't believe. And it well, would of be course, Tony Nese is also from Long Island. So yeah. I, it was it was a smart choice to go with him, you know, to, to do it this way. <laughs> uh, after the match, uh, uh, Mark Sterling got on the mic, mocked Danhausen, uh, asking Tony how he feels about the fact that Danhausen got an entrance, Tony didn't. So then Tony hit the move again. Sterling asked him to do it again. Hook's music hit. He comes out. And Dan Housen extended his hand. Hook shook it. They're going to be teaming up on Rampage against uh, Mark Sterling and Tony Nese this Friday. Do you guys think this hurts Hook or no? Uh, the, I don't know if, so if it hurts Hook as much. I just it, it doesn't do him any favors yet. I, I'm going to have to wait and see what happens Friday because right, let it let it play out. <laughs> yeah, because and it's not one of those deals where I'm going. Oh, I got to go see what's going to happen because this is so exciting. It makes me like, oh, I got to see what's going to happen because how are they going to save this? Right, <laughs> yeah, it, right. It, it seemed to me like it doesn't hurt him because it seems like he's the kind of like the badass with the wimpy friend, mm. you know, as opposed to being brought down to that you know what i mean right but yeah. when do you go from badass to also comedic relief because there's a thin line and it can be mm. crossed if you don't do this the right way right right yeah you know there's only play out yeah there's only there's only there are not very many current angles out there who could accomplish both right <laughs> amen yeah uh cory pride saying dan housen deserved better um, Jakey Bakey saying series split Yanks Blue Jays. No, <laughs> Not a, I'll, I'll leave that one to you. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> Night one saying job house, and I like him, but that was hilarious. It's <laughs> all good fun, all right. good fun. And Wayne, I, I agree with Wayne. I kind of thought this too. I'm not sure if it is or not, but Wayne saying, I'm guessing his leg hasn't fully healed, but it's good enough to get in the ring. Okay. Uh, up next, we had the MJF Wardlow contract signing. Uh, one of my favorite, I mean, Wardlow segments are always my favorite on the show. This was one of the highlights. Mm -hmm. um, you had Wardlow coming out, no music, handcuffs. You had Boo Wardlow mm -hmm. on the screens. MJF came out, heroes welcome in Long Island. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he comes out and they, they cut to this video, this dark side of the ring uh spoof and it starts mm -hmm. out with chris jericho saying next season on dark side of the ring mjf and then he's like mm -hmm. wait what the hell am i doing i can't stand that guy he's like oh wait how much am i getting paid for this all right mm -hmm. i'll do it mm -hmm. when they go through this whole thing it features taz and jake the snake they're talking about how how bad wardlow is for what he did to mjf they had the you know the reenactments <laughs> of the of the match against cm mm -hmm. punk I, I thought this was just absolutely hilarious it's one of those things that even if you didn't watch dark side of the ring you can mm -hmm. tell they're spoofing you know the the documentary style of reality like crime shows so uh i thought this was great uh isa i'll go to you first what do you think oh my god i love this probably this is chef kiss i loved everything about this the entrance the heroes welcome you see njf staying a heel while playing a baby face like it feels like you're in a weird multiverse when he's mm -hmm. in long island you know the dark side of the ring spoof was just absolutely <laughs> glorious i had to turn it up i was doing a live stream and there's one thing about njf and the whole segment and i know we'll get into the rest but 
every time that he's on, you have to stop and just watch and listen. Mm-hmm. And 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 we need more characters that have that effect where you go like, everybody, hold on. I have to pay attention to what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I love that video package. I could watch it over and over. Actually, I can't wait to be done here so I can go back and watch it and really pay attention to it. I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, Jimmy? Yeah, no, it, I, I couldn't agree more that that video package is. And, and you know, when people talk about... Uh, AEW not being uh, sports entertainment. That is exactly what they did there. And they drew the audience in with it. And that's uh, including myself. Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, trying to be a proponent for sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling is sports entertainment and sports entertainment is pro wrestling. They're mm-hmm. one in the same as people. I wish people would stop uh, trying to draw, make a, you know, draw a distinction between the two. They're both the same, but uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. And that's the main thing. They made it fun. They made, uh, they made, they made me invested in, and especially, you know, like I said earlier, with so many contract signings going on lately, they made it fun and interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's what I said on the beginning of the show. You know, you had that, you opened the show with that technical match. You had this sports entertainment segment in the middle of the show you end the show with not not i don't mean it the wrong way but with a spot fest crazy no dq match like aw really would just have something for everyone just sit down and watch the show you'll see yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so MJF cuts into his promo. Wardlow never got to speak. MJF uh, saying how he's, you know, compares their feud to David and Goliath. Of course, MJF is David. Uh, he says he doesn't want people to boo Wardlow out of the building when Wardlow speaks. And so he allows Wardlow to speak. Wardlow goes to speak and then the fans boo. And then MJS, MJF asks if the, he should let Wardlow speak. They say no. So he decides for him not to speak. MJF Keeps going off. He asks the fans if they want to talk about 2024 and then when his mm. contract is up. And then he says, neither does the guy in the back, referring to Tony Khan. Mm. And then he said, uh, Wardlow is going to get whipped and he counts up to the number 10. And then uh, he does the the one what he, he allows the crowd to chant what, which would be my only nitpick of this segment, because you don't want to bring those chants over to AEW. Right. And so, yeah, uh, Wardlow is going to get 10, 10 lashes. And MJF says if he gets past the whips, Wardlow then has to wrestle Spears inside the steel cage and pointing out that Wardlow's 0-2 in cage cage matches. Mm -hmm. And then if he gets past that, Wardlow gets the match. And however, if Wardlow loses, he will never be allowed to sign an AEW contract forever. This is similar to the the angle that they did with MJF whipping Cody Rhodes over and Mm -hmm. over, which was a fantastic angle when they did it that first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, making people want to tune in to see this. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wardlow is going to sign. He's cuffed. So, you know, he's like he, he, motioning that he can't sign while he's cuffed. They have him uncuffed. And you know what happens after that. So mm. MJF signs and then just destroys everybody. And uh, that was it. Uh, mm. You have Wardlow destroying security guards every week and the fans are going to still love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, if you want to get nitpicky, uh, I don't think he needs to destroy a dozen security. Guards. <laughs> right, yeah. You can do six and, one, and still get the same effect. You know, one security guard. Uh, if you, if you go back and watch it, he didn't fall out of the ring. So he like looks around for a minute and then he just throws himself out of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does, might be a bit much, but yeah, it, it does work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Issa, what'd you think? So many Easter eggs on this promo from NJF. He even mentioned Cody Rhodes, which, um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, we, we're still going to mention him on TV. I love the mm. 2024 line. I love the, the 10 mention from formerly known as Ty Dillinger. I thought this was great. I was very mm. curious about how they were going to let Warlow kind of like go over a little bit in Long Island. And they did a good job because I thought that NJF you know, came on top here, like he was the best, but at the same time, Warlow did not look weak for any mm-hmm. moment. And and I, it was great. Warlow is so over. It's, it's ridiculous how much he's gone over. And Jimmy, I'm sorry, I don't mind seeing him destroy a dozen security <laughs> every week. So. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. As long as I'm not one of the security guards, that's all. Right. <laughs> Uh, night one pointing out the Barry Horowitz cameo that yeah, was in that uh, was cool. That was in the dark side. <laughs> legendary, <laughs> legendary Jewish wrestler is what he had on there. Tremendous. Yep. Yeah. Chris Aldridge also bringing it up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Pride saying MJF consistently best segment of the night. Agreed. He's, he's in the conversation. That's for sure. The people Between him and Jericho. And they, usually... they remember. They remember him. Yeah. yeah. I, if, if we had to, if we had to nitpick, I think MJF is my favorite thing in AEW and has been for quite a while now. And mm-hmm. and I hate to sound like a broken record, but like we said, people consistent, consistent, consistently. I can't even spit it out. Talk MJF. Remember MJF. Despite the fact you may see a twisting, burning 450 hammer Phoenix splash in the night, but people still talk about the MJF segment yeah. and Jericho. Uh, Joseph Bosa saying Tony is trying re- trying to recreate Batista circa 2005. I think that's the one feud a lot mm-hmm. of people will compare MJF and Wardlow to. But I, mm-hmm. I feel like they've taken different twists and turns along the way. But mm-hmm. uh, it's working, you know. And so mm-hmm. many feuds are just recycled feuds from from the past. So I think they're doing a good job with it. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy. No, absolutely. Again, they're getting people invested in this and, and it's leading up to people want to see outside of long Island, New York, people want to see MJF get his from Wardlow. And that's the whole idea. You have your classic, I, I want to say classic, but on another level heel who is generating real heel heat and Wardlow is coming off as a huge baby face. And that's, uh, from a business standpoint, where you make your money, when you got a a baby face that people want to see beat the heck out of a heel. Yeah, uh, Isa. Yeah, I don't have I don't I I I don't have a problem with some storylines being reminiscing or reminding us of older storylines. There's a lot of like think about mm-hmm. it this this attitude era days. A lot of the wrestling fans that are watching today weren't even alive during those years. <laughs> I hate to bring it up, but they weren't. So you think that you think they care, maybe we care because we've seen it, but there's a lot of people that haven't seen it. So and if it worked then mm-hmm. let's tweak it a little bit and see what happens now. Yeah. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Eric Van Summerson Sr. Uh, pointing out that Hook Housen is not debuting on Rampage. They were announced for the buy-in wow. for the pay-per-view. Ah, my bad. Sorry about that's that. That's a great. That's a great jersey, Eric. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, and then finally, Kenny Williams with the Canadian two dollars super chat saying 2024 MJF versus the Biz promo. LOL. Way into the future. I oh can see them being goodness. more allies than. <laughs> Yeah, but can you imagine the promo work between those two? And for it to happen in a broom closet, okay, that's a bad reference. <laughs> reference to Ms. Reference back from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there when it happened too. I'll tell that story one day too. <laughs> <laughs> so who all was involved with that? It was like JBL. No, it was. Um, so what happened was, I, believe it or not, uh, I was walking with Scott Armstrong. We walk into the locker room, and there's. This Miz had just started on the road with us. Just started. And there he is. He's eating some fried chicken. I don't know from where. I don't want to give anybody a free plug here. Um, so he's eating some fried chicken and over a bag, which I thought was his. I didn't know. And uh, J, uh, not JBL, um, Scott Armstrong, you know, gets all stops. And you, you could see his face is like, and he says to Miz, he says, hey, make sure you get those bones and you dig them into the, the corners and stuff them in there real, real deep. And Miz is like, ha, 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 ha. I guess he didn't realize that was Scott's bag. And Scott turns to me, he says, Jimmy, get me out of here. Cause I'm going to kill that kid. So I, I, I just walked him out. I said, don't, don't do anything that'll get you in trouble. And then of all people, Chris Benoit yeah. got, uh, escorted Miz to the broom closet and said, you do not dress in the locker room with the boys until we tell you, you can. So every show we did for a long time after that Miz had to change by himself in a broom closet. How long did Aww. that last? Oh, a couple of months. I want to say it. And, and <laughs> to, the, to the point where us on the ring crew even had signs made that said Miz's room. And, <laughs> it, and it had, we'd, we'd stick it up beside the broom closet in a picture of a broom on the, on the, on anyway. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was not good. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Well, he's overcome that and then some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they aired a video package of Samoa Joe facing the Joker in the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, he mm-hmm. claims that when he's going to win the tournament, he's going to do it for Joy- Jay Lethal. Real quick, any mm-hmm. uh, predictions for the Joker in the men's uh, the men's Owen Hart tournament? And people in the chat, feel free to uh, let us know your thoughts as well. Um, uh, Esau, I'll go to you first. I mean, I would love to see Cesaro. We just talked about him. I would love to see 
um, Johnny Gargano, I think, will be another mm. awesome. I just, if I'm signing up to be the Joker and I find out I'm fighting Samoa Joe, maybe I'll maybe I'll negotiate a different debut. <laughs> you know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seems like someone that Joe should beat, though, right? You I don't think, think Joe should lose yet? No, 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 definitely not. And and uh, thanks, Issa, for stealing my pick. I was thinking Cesaro as well. But if we're talking Joker. Uh, maybe there is a uh, Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Um, maybe he would fit that bill. I just don't know. Would you debut him at a at an episode of Dynamite? Like, hey, uh. you never you never know. It's uh, but I, I'm just saying because they're saying Joker. I'm trying to figure out who fits right. the mold of that. Uh, he fits that mold. But I, I'm with you though. I would love to see a guy like Cesaro. I yeah. like Wayne's idea, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Oh, Harry, yes. Yeah. I like Ricky's idea too. A returning mirror would be great, but then that wouldn't be a debut. Mm. Right. But, but Morrison? John Morrison? Morrison would be good. Whoa. <laughs> Roman's not happy. <laughs> um, John Morrison, uh, I, I think that would be a good one because he doesn't have to win. Like Miro, I feel like if he comes back, he has, you know. Yeah, Cesaro Miro. I feel like they would have to win. I feel like it's too soon for Joe to lose, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the one thing I thought with Joe with the ROH title, uh, and then up next we had Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy with the FTW Championship. Mm-hmm. You got you'll have the Triple uh, A title shown uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's getting to be too many belts shown on AEW, mm-hmm. and if they have a plan for ROH. Uh, and and they're leading to it, and I think that's fine. But maybe get rid of the FTW championship and some of these extra belts that are lying around because it just feels like a lot, in my opinion. No, I, I can see that point. It feels like a little watered down, uh, you know, when you have that many championships. So, um, yeah, I, I I get that point. But at the same time, the FTW is 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 it an official AEW championship or is it kind of like a, a Taz thing? So it's a Taz thing, but they've had it defended. Yeah. Yeah, and so which is what we had next, uh, and and they cheat, treat it like a real championship when it's defended and right. not like a joke. But it's Ricky Stark versus Jungle Boy, FTW Championship. Um, after a distraction, uh, Starks hit the Rochambeau on Jungle Boy, got the got the win. Uh, so Ricky Starks beating Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. After the match, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came down. Uh, Cage. Well, I'm sorry. Um, Shane Strickland came to uh, Swerve Strickland came towards the end of the match and kind of distracted the ref. He's, he acted like he was there to help Jungle Boy. Ref was distracted. And when the ref was distracted, that was when Starks uh, hit the Rochambeau for the win. And after the match, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus came down. Uh, Cage went past Strickland. Uh, Swerve had a stare down. And then Keith Lee made his way down to the ring and they all kind of just stood there staring at each other. So. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the match was fine. The match was okay. There was nothing wrong with the match. It's just the uh, uh, the extracurriculars. You know what I mean? It, causing the distraction. I, I sometimes have an issue with the way they distract the referees. It's very mm, kabuki-ish, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I, obviously the after effects was. It almost looked like they set up a three-way match, three-way tag match. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, that seemed like the end goal more than anything. Yeah. Isa? Yeah, Raj, to your point about the too many belts, when Jungle Boy came out as a single with the tag title around his waist, it took me a second to remember which belt is he holding because there's just so many to remember. I thought it was the right winner. Sometimes, because Jungle Boy is very talented and attacking, but you forget how good he also is as a singles. So I enjoy watching him perform on his own. Ricky Starks is incredible. So I was rooting for Ricky Starks to win here. Uh, the aftermatch, not my most favorite thing. I think there's tag teams right now that are looking a little bit hotter than, than these three. So if this is what we're going to get, they're going to put on a great match. But I just think there's other things that I would like to see in the contention for the tag titles. Also, Jungle Boy cried about this loss for like a good five minutes. It was unnecessary. It felt like Christian is now running a daycare. I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. I think fans were hoping for the Christian Cage turn to happen tonight. And I can't it, it wait. Yeah. This is one of those, I just don't care about the story anymore. So it's like turn and, and and let's move on with it. It's, mm-hmm. 
it's it's kind of been dragging in my opinion and when we talk about guys who could t- turn that switch on and off and become from heel to babyface christian is just brilliant Mm-hmm. I felt there was a hint of that when he held, when he was holding Jungle Boy, the way he just looked at the camera, I was like, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. And he has that look where he could give, mm-hmm. Christian could give that look and he's yeah. automatic heel. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, up next, the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. Mm-hmm. It opened up with, uh, I think, what would they say? For over nine weeks, the the revolutionary force in sports entertainment, which was the old WWF mm-hmm. logo slogan that would air before, before the show. So I thought that was a pretty funny touch. Um, so yeah, Chris Jericho came out with the Jericho appreciation society. Danny magic uh, was saying, you want to know what makes my nipples hard. It's being in the greatest faction in the world. Uh, Chris Jericho noting he was born there, but he moved because it sucked. Uh, he said, uh, Jericho 216 said he just burnt Eddie Kingston's face. Uh, so they're talking smack and then, uh, they're talking about how Danny Garcia claims that sports entertainers always beat wrestlers. And this light leads to John Moxley coming out. And before you know it, you had the rest of the Blackpool, of uh, Blackpool combat club. Mm-hmm. And they're pointing Jericho appreciation society is pointing out, Hey, there's five of us. Uh, three of you or four of you. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, you got Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz showing up. And mm-hmm. so that leads to an all-out brawl. And at one point, William Regal drops Jericho to wrap up the segment. So I thought, again, great segment. I thought it was I thought it was pretty hilarious. I thought mm-hmm. the, a lot of the inside jabs were really funny. And uh, yeah, I thought it was effective. Um, mm-hmm. Jimmy, I'll go to you first. What did you think? No, I enjoyed it. And again, here again, you talk about someone who could generate true heel heat. Chris Jericho is another one of those guys that could flip the switch uh, and and just turn it on. And he was he was he was also magic in this segment. But uh, nice to see Eddie Kingston come back to to enhance this story going forward. And I'm invested in it because again, I want to see someone. I want to see a heel get theirs in the end. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it sounds simple, but it's, and I don't want to say it is simple, but once you get a good story and you get some good talent telling that story, man, it makes it really entertaining. And this, this segment was very entertaining. And, and I love seeing the punch from William Regal. Regal is just, man, there's a, there's someone you can really, really uh, be a sponge around. Yeah. Um, Isa? Yeah, I don't know if the gimmick here is sports entertainment as a sarcasm because uh, outside of Jericho, I don't find them that entertaining. But <laughs> I love seeing Moxley being the first one out to add some continuation because when Moxley had to take his personal time off, he was very involved with Eddie Kingston and then they kind of dropped that. So to see that the first person that came back to kind of avenge what happened to Kingston was Mox. Long-term booking, I, I love the continuation of that. I, I love seeing Eddie Kingston with the makeup, you know, like again, you got to tell the story, right? And I love mm-hmm. seeing William Regal get some in there. I think this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is leading to maybe a blood and guts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really want more for Santana and Ortiz. I know I say this every week, but I just think I really want to see them win and maybe getting the tag team titles soon. Yeah. Uh, Stellar Dustin Lopez noting, Keith Lee in the tag division. Did we have that on our scorecards when he signed with AEW? Wasn't on mine. Maybe that was a huge announcement. (laughs) That's that's kind of like winning the Kentucky Derby is the longest shot on the board. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Keith Lee, um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could call it a home run so far. Um, no. But, you know, I'll say give it time, but um, so far it hasn't been overwhelming. No, they have not taken advantage of what they have. Right. Uh, our, our good friend Tina Miller saying, Sad it isn't Homicide and Hernandez, but I'm okay because Eddie's eyebrows are safe. Oh. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that's always good. Okay. And the tornado, Anthony. Why? Hello, Raj. Hello, Jimmy. And hello, Isa. I'm no. late because I was having phone issues after work. The tornado has arrived. Oh, maybe the tornado messed up your phone, Anthony. Why? Wow. Stand back. Yeah. Jakey Bakey saying Jim Corderas, greatest referee of all time. Oh, that is cool. very kind. Uh, oh, well. 
again, I, I, I appreciate it, but uh, I, I learned from the best. Trust me. And uh, Mike D saying, Jimmy should induct Matt Bourne when he goes into the Hall of Fame. Matt Bourne? Doink yeah. the Clown? I, I was going to say, I mean, is there a story there I didn't know about? No, maybe there's something. Uh, maybe maybe Mike can uh, yeah. fill me in on. Ex expound on that. Yeah, that because that, Mike. <laughs> All right, have so. I forgotten something? <laughs> <laughs> so up next, we had Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Mm -hmm. uh, Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament opening round match. Um. I thought they, I, I thought they worked well. Uh, the mm -hmm. crowd was pretty dead. I feel like they, one bad habit that they have with dynamite with the women's matches a lot is they put them in this death spot, where it's mm -hmm. after a hot segment before the main event. I'd like to see them, you know, open the show with the women's match or put it in the second, mm -hmm. put it when the the crowd is hotter. But they always seem to, or not always, but more often than not, it, it gets these death spot segments, and and the crowd's mm -hmm. not into it, and then it just kind of makes the, you know, just the match not stand out um jimmy i'll go to you first no no that's that's a very good point i i, I even wrote down in my notes that the, the crowd seemed a little bit quiet uh, during this match and it didn't hurt the presentation of the match it, it hurt it from a presentation on television if people are watching and they're saying boy the the crowd is awfully quiet and they're not buying into what what the women are doing but the, the ladies worked hard the match was good there's nothing wrong with it other than that pile driver at the end which looked very uh Awkward, for lack of a better term, but at the same time, the awkwardness of the pile driver, almost in a reverse kind of way, made it work because it was the finish. And you know, like earlier in the night, we saw pile driver not be the finish. I don't know if that makes sense to to, to anybody out there, but to me, the, the the awkward landing made it look like it was more devastating. Yeah, um, Isa. Death, taxes, and the women go on at 9.30 p.m. That's it. That's the three things you can count on. And it's getting old. They got to they gotta do better because this match was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was hard hitting. I thought they had really good chemistry. I was looking forward to it. They actually took time to build it. Um, love seeing Tony Storm advance. I, I love seeing her. My dog has a lot to say tonight. I apologize. I love seeing her advance in the tournament. But um, I thought this match, like Raj said, on a different spot in the show, would have had a really hot crowd because these women put in the work tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they did a backstage segment with Sammy Guevara telling uh, Frankie Kazarian that he can't trust Scorpio Sky. Uh, they're going to be facing off for the title. Um, Kazarian told Sammy to go be unlikable somewhere else, and that his was that vlog or vlog hmm. vlog. Hmm. He told Sammy his he, vlog sucks. Yeah, I think he calls it a vlog. I I call yeah. it a vlog. So yeah, okay. Because then, because blog sounds too much like blog, you can't. It's hard to mm. tell what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. All right, uh, no. I'm on hip. Right. All right. <laughs> the main event we had Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy, Owen Hart Foundation Men's Tournament Opening Anything Goes Round Match. So mm -hmm. this was just absolutely insane. Yeah. I think the the spots that most people are going to be talk about was uh, most people are going to talk about is there's this part where Allen uh, basically lined up a bunch of chairs facing each other outside of the ring mm -hmm. and then um he got jeff hardy on it climbed to the top of the, the ladder and then came off really killed himself also hit jeff they landed went through the chairs i mean it just looked brutal mm -hmm. uh it looked like someone could have seriously gotten hurt but luckily uh everyone got up from that spot uh let's talk about that first uh Jimmy, I'll go to you first this time. Now, as someone who's who's been up close and personal on a lot of those ladder mat, la TLC matches and stuff like that, seeing that ladder inside the ring, and that was a tall ladder. It wasn't. It was. It was up there to dive off there to the outside of the ring on those chairs. And like you said, uh, Darby took the war, the brunt of that on the chairs. And and yes, he did get Jeff, but at the same time, Darby took a, the majority of the impact on that. And you got to be careful with those things. Yes, I get it. Uh, um, you're trying to entertain your audience. You're trying to go outside, think outside the box and do stuff that'll get them to, to go. Wow. Which is what that did. But at the same time, you got, you got to wrestle again tomorrow or the next day or whenever it is. And you got to be careful. Uh, time those do them as infrequently as possible. And, you know, just, be careful. A lot of crazy bumps in that one. You know, Jeff did the one as well. 
the, that we were talking about where he did the swanton to the outside onto the sta- steel stairs, the side of the steel stairs. So they both took some crazy bumps. Um, I think the right guy won in this one because uh, I'm thinking for ahead to next week where Jeff is going to face Adam Cole now. In this match, I'm really looking forward to because I think Adam Cole is someone, when you talk about who could win this tournament, he's in my top three, let's put it that way. And uh, as much as a win over Jeff Hardy could have helped Darby Allen in this type of match, not as much. But if, if, if Adam Cole could beat him in a regular wrestling match next week, it'll do more for him than it could, would have done for Darby Allen this week. Yeah. Uh, Issa? Yeah, that ladder dive onto the outside. I, I think I was speechless there for a little bit. The landing of it just made my entire spine hurt. And it, it, it's one of those spots where you go like, holy S, but at the same time, yeah. you're just staring at the TV, making sure that he actually can get back up from that. And that's when it can get a little bit scary because those are the kind of matches that I actually enjoy. But for some reason, some of these spots, you just go like, are you sure you need to be doing that? Especially on free TV when you might not get the highest of ratings. But when I when I saw the match announced, even before I knew it was an ODQ, you hear Darby mm-hmm. Allen and Jeff Hardy, two people that do not care about their bodies when it comes to going into mm-hmm. a match. I kind of knew what we were in for. Um, the cost and dropped two onto the apron that um, Hardy got out of the way. So so Darby Allen took the entire hit on that. Awesome match. Insane spots. I just hope everybody's okay because I still have my doubts that he's 100% okay. And very surprising finish. Darby rarely loses. So so I wasn't ex- I was rooting for Jeff Hardy here. I thought Jeff Hardy should have won, but I didn't think he was going to. So I was very happy with the end result. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there was one other spot outside the ring where um, Jeff Hardy, there there was the steel cage, uh, steel chairs turned on their side. Uh, Darby Allen was laid on it. Jeff Hardy went to the top rope, dove, did the swanton out. Darby moved. Jeff Hardy's 44 years old and does that back bump on, on the steel stairs. And then, yeah, as Issa mentioned at the end of the match, uh, Allen went for the pinfall, got hit the coffin drop, went for the pinfall. But then uh, Jeff kicked out, reversed it into a pinfall attempt, and catched Darby for the win. So Jeff mm-hmm. Hardy with the win, killing himself, killing his spine at the wow. end. Uh, that's just, that was, yeah, I mean, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. But at the same time, you got to be, you got to think about your future because, you know, uh, you have a family to think about as well, and you want to be able to be there for them too. So uh, pick your spots, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it- <laughs> Yeah, I think he uh, he's doing so much. Uh, I don't know. It's like save some of this for pay per view, man. Because that's what I was going to say. Don't you think this puts that pressure on these performers to go like, if I'm doing this on TV, what am I going to be able to pull off at the pay per view? Which just makes you just think of this crazy, dangerous bumps that maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I guess I guess as much as I enjoy my entertainment, I care about them as performers as well. And I want them to have a long, healthy career. And you see these kind of spots and you go, boy, I just, just from Darby Allen being so young. And then you have the complete opposite with Jeff Hardy, where he's like, you have one that's too young to be taking these spots. And you have one that's too old to be taking these spots. <laughs> and it's just like, don't, don't, don't let them fight each other again, please. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, Bandy Jacobs saying crazy match and saw the insane jump torch get passed to Darby. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a torch that I wish wouldn't get passed very often. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Alok Shah saying they should have saved Darby and Jeff for pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what Issa said. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Let's get a couple more. Um, do, 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 do. Sorry. Uh, Geez, Stiller Justin Lopez saying <laughs> Jeff would have been better off staying in WWE. It's way too early to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to to stand back and say that, but at the same time, would he be happy there if he, if he's happier doing what he's doing now? You know. I yeah. like seeing him back with Matt. I just thought they would be more involved in the tag team division mm-hmm. where it just it just seems like, you know, they were doing like the trios matches or whatever. I thought there would be more of a tag yeah. team. But mm-hmm. I, I, I never get mad seeing Jeff Hardy wrestle, whether it's on WWE or AEW. I just want to see him do okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, we can end off with this. Chris Aldridge on our Facebook stream, facebook.com slash wrestling inc. Please uh, like and follow. Who do you think is the women's joker against Dr. Britt Baker next week? Hmm. I would love to see yeah. Athena and Moon. I think that's a great choice. Um, oh. I don't I don't know Candace Array. I know she just had a baby. I don't know how long it's been. Nah, there's there's a couple of women out there. I think mm -hmm. that Dakota Kai, but it's not it's not the 30 days yet. I think that would have been yeah. a fun one. But yeah. I'm gonna stick with Athena. I think she would be a great addition. I, I didn't think of her, and now that you said it, I, I hate to 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 play follow the leader. That is a good call. That is really a good call. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd like to, I'd like to see that as well. But then who wins? Still Brit. I don't think you can I, have I Brit think, lose. I, do, I don't think I, she needs to though. I, I personally think if you want to establish, you have to start creating more female superstars. So if you mm -hmm. want this Joker to debut and become established, having her beat Britt Baker on night one is a big deal and a good way to start. You need more stars on the women's division. And mm -hmm. and Britt is someone who can get her heat back. Yep. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, she Black saying, I do think it was a good match, though, between Alan and it Hardy. Was, no, it, it was, was good. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Uh, again, I thought uh, top to bottom, if you had to grade the show, scale of one to ten. Um, Issa, let me go to you first. I actually give this an eight and a half. Yeah, I go, I go slightly below Issa with an eight. Yeah. I'll go 8.25. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, a great show, clearly. No, yeah, it was a, re a really entertaining show. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Then yeah. house and jobbing and, and the women's at the 9.30 spot is what knocked it down that point and a half for me. <laughs> but yeah. Dan house and jobbing was kind of funny in its own way. <laughs> How know. quick that but, was. You're you know. like, what the hell was that? Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, uh, Thanks, guys. I'm not the best host. I usually don't do the hosting. So thanks again for appearing with me tonight. Uh, Justin will be back next week. Issa, thanks for joining us as well. Yes. And Justin, jeez, um, uh, I, I, this brain, COVID brain fog is still lingering. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, uh, and, and thank you as always. Every Wednesday night, it's you and Justin Labar. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks again for, for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Uh, very much appreciated. And uh, again, it was a fun night. So, yeah. both both the show and doing the doing the show here too. Absolutely, Jakey Bakey, uh, sneaking in a last second super chat. Thank you as always. Thank you, thank you all. Really appreciate it. Twenty fifth anniversary of Wrestling Inc. We got some cool stuff coming up. Keep checking out the website. We'll be back. I think Friday night. I was supposed to be on tomorrow with Sean Rossap, but we're going to move that because I had a family thing come up. So we're hoping to do that uh, next week or the week after. But uh, we will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. <laughs>